0: Hiya, folks! Happy Wednesday! How you doing? It's Hump Day. Feel like it's also Hump Season, right? This uh, January-February time period. I feel like it's uh, it's 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 the equivalent of a Wednesday, right? You're like you're just trying to get through it, at least up here where we're at here in uh, in, in Colorado, and I'm sure a lot of people across the northern portion of the of the world um you know it's gray it's cloudy you step outside and if you get like one ray of sunshine it just gives you enough hope to get through <laughs> Now it's it's just funny because this time of year for me is the least active time of year i go into like almost like a hibernation and i know that a lot of people out there do the same but, I have good news for you. Show season is upon us. You know what that means. We were just at Sheep Show a couple weeks ago. We're going to be at Western Hunt Expo in Salt Lake City the, uh, the 1st of February. I believe it's actually the February 2nd through the 5th. Uh, but yeah, Seek Outside is going to have a booth. It's a perfect thing to, to break up the, the January-February doldrums. And uh, get out, see some people, interact with some people, see all these products that you're going to be using in the summer. Get you stoked for for when it gets warmer. Um, so yeah, we're going to be at Western Hunt. Hopefully, you guys can come see us. Um, we are uh, we have a pretty big booth this year. Um, so if anybody's going, stop by, say what's up to us. We're excited. We're going to have a bunch of tents set up. I know for sure we're going to have the courthouse. The courthouse people, courthouse is going to be set up. That's the one that everybody wants to see. It's going to be there. So uh, if you've been waiting to, to to buy that thing before you you wanted to see it, before you buy it, this is the perfect opportunity. Uh, after that, we got uh, the BHA rendezvous up in uh, Missoula, Montana. That's March 17th-ish, somewhere in there, 16th through the 18th, or 17th through the 19th, something like that. You got the internet, you can look it up. But uh, yeah, we're going to have the courthouse set up as well as all the staples. You know, the the zipperless shelters, Cimarron, TP set up, backpacks, other stuff for you to check out. So this is a good time to, to if you're really set on seeing one of our, our shelters uh, or our packs or whatever, um, these are a great opportunity to, to see them in person. You know, ask us questions about them uh, without having to go through email or talk on the phone. So, um, yeah, hopefully we see you guys out there, and I hope you guys enjoy this podcast episode with Graham Agassi uh, talking a little bit about my- mountain biking. If uh, if you have a chance, maybe even before you listen to this podcast, go check his stuff out on YouTube. He's got a bunch of films. If you just search Graham Agassi, uh, he's got some really dope mountain biking films um that he uses seek outside teepees for as well uh he's also a big hunter and fisherman so um kind of good perspective to have on the podcast and we talked a lot about basically everything so hopefully you guys enjoy this podcast and see you at western hunt expo welcome to the seek outside
1: podcast hey you, should, you think that's bad Ryan on the phone in the
2: office.
3: You like gross <laughs> stats, and I to plus. Some people are just wired that way.
0: That's to be expected. Hopefully it'll be it'll be over sooner rather than later. Uh, get the teeth through.
3: Oh, there'll be more more teeth, more there'll be <laughs> it's going to be a lot Yeah. More,
0: more teeth, more pain. <laughs> Yeah, there exactly. he is. I knew it. He's getting another beer.
3: I made it back. How's it going? Good.
1: How's the vibes?
0: Let me get a chair here. Fucking A. Fucking
3: A, bud.
0: So you're in, uh, you're in British Columbia, huh? Nice. Yeah. Well,
3: yeah, in Kamloops.
0: Okay. You got a shit ton of snow up in there the right
3: interior. now? Uh, you know what? It's been a. Uh, not so much like locally in town, but uh, it's been kind of a shit year. Like you guys are getting a lot of snow. It sounds oh, yeah. like, by the looks. But uh, it's been not a good year for really? us so yeah. far. Yeah,
1: it's been wet like every single day here, dude. It's so bad. Yeah. Usually, usually we get to it's ride almost all year, deeper, but no, not this year. <laughs>
0: yeah, really. It's like yeah. gray and cloudy every day. It's like freaking Pacific Northwest. Yeah like we switch weather with y'all yeah
3: yeah right yeah, yeah. what yeah it's been ske- a lot of sketchy layers right now it's like 25 years looking back 25 years and it's not a good yeah. season yeah so,
0: yeah the way she goes. do you ski a lot up there
3: i board and i uh lad <laughs> and i snow bike a fair sweet. bit now
0: dude i think it's sweet
1: yeah i've
3: yeah, they you fine. have it on a 450 yeah. or what? On nice. a 450, yeah. Does it like
1: kill the power yeah. a lot on those? Does it steal yeah, like is it still the power? like does it feel pretty slow on the 450 once you get it in the snow or?
3: Uh it's like it's not a slide yeah, for okay. sure. But it's it's different. Like you can't really compare it. But it's different and it's it's fun for sure. It's just like another handlebar right. sport.
0: That's fun. Yeah. Well, I was just watching that yeah. video that you got on YouTube of you guys actual biking down that glacier. That shit was crazy looking. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. That was that was yeah. quite the trip. That was uh, very experimental. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, it was, yeah. It was fun for sure. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah, man. We're, we're rolling here. So before we get too deep down uh, conversation, why don't you give us a little introduction? Uh,
3: how's it going? Gray Magazine, 33 years old. Uh, coming from Kamloops, BC, and uh, I'm a mountain biker and uh, you know professional fun haver. I have a lot of hobbies, like to do a lot of things, and uh, yeah. Yeah, how's it going?
0: Going, going <laughs> great, man. Yeah, I was. We've yeah. been. Owen's been turning us on to your films for people listening. He's got. I mean, if you just look up YouTube Graham Grand Agassi, there's a there's a whole assortment. Going back, you know, from it looked like ten years ago. Is kind of when you were starting to put some stuff out. I'm sure it was older, but, but yeah, put out some great films. But um, Ryan doesn't know, but Aggie's a legend
1: in the in the in the free ride mountain bike world. Ryan doesn't like bikes. <laughs> he
0: thinks two wheels are dumb. But hey, um, I I just uh, you know I see this guy doing stuff and obviously see you doing stuff and I'm just like ah I'm I'm good. And then we had our, our our work partner here that works in the office with us. Owen talked him into get getting a mountain bike and going up to lunch loops right around here. Dude, he was like he was like three rides deep and then <laughs> he broke his wrist. Like yeah, he no. bought oh. he bought my ex
1: girlfriend's bike. And then went out and rode, like, three times, tipped over, and just, like, shattered his wrist. Poor guy. Yeah. Oof. Not a good
3: introduction no. to that. No, I felt novel. a little bad.
1: Yeah. Now I just get to make fun of him in the office. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's fun.
3: Did Owen tell you when we first met? I'm trying to think what year that was on the Whistler chairlift going <laughs> up uh, Dude, that was Dude,
1: that was pretty funny because... I I do remember it because I had the seek outside sticker on like my crappy Bell helmet, and I went. Out, I saw you in the lift line. I was with my buddy Dylan, and we were both so starstruck. I was like, "Is that Agassiz? Is that Graham?" And and you got up to the top, and I was like, "I gotta go meet this dude." And uh, anyways, I like go over there talk to you for a second, and like just say like super good to meet you. And I start walking away, and you see my seek outside sticker. And you're like, oh, I love that company, and I was just so starstruck. I was like, oh, I'm the guy. I'm, I'm the. <laughs> I just felt. I like looked back and I was like, oh, and you
0: idiot, dude. What is
3: no <laughs> oh, uh, sick, man? Yeah, you're probably like, how does he know what mm-hmm. this is? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, so so you're kind of in a you're in a different realm, and we've kind of talked about this a little bit before on our podcast, but. Uh, it seems like at least down here in the lower 48, um, mountain bikers and 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 hunters, uh, you know, basically the outdoor recreationalists and like the hunters and fishermen sometimes can be at odds. You know, there's there's different trail regulations that you know maybe one side doesn't work. But you you as, lo- as well as Owen kind of seem to kind of fit into both, and that's why it seems like you probably run the teepees. But uh, but what's uh, like how did you How did you get into mountain biking? We'll start there. Yeah,
3: yeah. um, It's like super cliche to say like a product of your environment, but like I grew up in Calps, born and raised here, mountain bike mecca, Mm. and uh, I didn't get into mountain biking till pretty late in the game for me. Like I didn't get my first mountain bike till I was sixteen, and uh, I was racing BMX from when I was seven to around that age too, and kind of was getting burned out from the bmx race scene and i was riding a lot of moto too at the same time and the local shop just said like you need to get on a mountain bike and i always wanted one not not cheap to get into but started mowing lawns and doing that for a whole summer saved up got my first mountain bike and then uh sold my dirt bike and never looked back and did that for uh yeah started i was 16 17 and then graduated and i was 18 in 2008 and that's kind of when things really kicked off for me as far as career-wise goes yeah
0: so did you so did was the first step like doing mountain bike racing or was it doing i assume it wasn't just straight to the stuff you're doing now
3: i i was like kind of known like in the bmx times like i was the kid that liked like to jump and like to do whips and stuff and like i wasn't i wasn't your like classic racer kid like i definitely wanted to do everything i had fun jumping and so i was when i first got into mountain biking it was like a hardtail and i wanted dirt jump that was like my dirt jump thing and then there was an iconic trail back in the day called rose hill and we used to hitchhike every day after school and and you're guaranteed laps and we would just lap this trail and you know hardtail could only do so much you know. for me at the time and eventually started breaking things and then was able to get a, a grassroots deal with the bike brand and got my first full suspension and then I kind of opened the doors a bit for what these things can do. Like I used to ride, like I there's ro- Rose Tail, same trail I'm talking about. I used to hit some of the jumps on my dirt bike back in the day and I'd even cut the engine off and ride the trail with no nice. engine on just to like, feel like i'm mountain biking and so as soon as i got on the mountain bike like with the two backgrounds of bmx and moto it just it just worked out really well for me it was uh not much of a learning curve kind of picked it up right away and had a lot of fun with it. i feel like so much
1: so many people like like the best combo to have is bmx racing and moto because it's just two huge skill sets and then people get on a mountain bike and just take off with it like there's there's got to be sure. so many people, yeah. like, I think Aaron Aaron Gwynn was a BMX racer, right, for a long time, and then, like, just so many people I know.
3: Like, a lot of the pros, yeah, yeah a lot of the pros all started doing that, for
1: yeah. sure. So, I watched, we watched two of your videos together, because I love mm-hmm. how they were put together. The one where you rode that insane shoot, the one you did for SRAM, <laughs> mm-hmm. that was awesome. Yeah. yeah, And then we watched... Yeah, it, the YT one you put out and I had a question for you on the YT um, yeah so you said it was first Nations like you had to get permission to ride all that yep. stuff how yep. how was that process was you just kind of reached out to them and asked or
3: yeah um, it was it was a process for for sure like it took it mm-hmm. took kind of like a year to get everything mm-hmm. together and um, they were super cool with it Yeah. Um, they liked our plan and idea and and like how we i mean the first it was two trips for that shoot but they liked how we were doing it all by boat access um all these lines like there's no roads yeah. to it and there is a road that connects kind of behind um the parallels the river a bit but it's pretty deactivated and they didn't really want us you know obviously promoting driving in and doing yeah. all this stuff but of it you couldn't drive to it it was only boat access only and I had done a canoe trip uh years prior and seen all this stuff and so it was like a dream to come here and do that and um you know they liked the story of how we were going to do it and and uh yeah it it was really cool um we had to have a cultural surveyor with us the whole time and uh, that was really awesome to have as well learned a lot and um it was really the best way to do pretty it It's
1: a cool story like yeah. for for something like that like a, an edit you know
3: <laughs> yeah yeah like originally like i saw it as this like film fest piece like we could have really made it a lot more and that was the original plan and then um it became more of a brand piece towards yeah. the end but uh yeah, it was a really special project. Really cool to have that uh, permission to go in there and do that, and and no one had ever gone in there and tried that's, that. That's so. awesome.
1: Did did Mason yeah, the, shoot yeah. that, or was it somebody else?
3: Ma- Mason shot photos. Okay. And yeah, and he
1: shot the Shram edit too, right? Uh, he
3: was oh, photographer okay. Okay, for both. Cool.
0: And so that so that one's called North River. For anybody that wants to get on YouTube and check that out. Um, so Graham, I, you know, I don't have a ton of experience with mountain bike videos and mountain biking. I've, I've seen a lot of the ones that Owen has showed me and stuff like that in my very limited, uh, experience, it seems to me that you have kind of a different approach with your, your videos, right? So I was just watching, uh, out of the flames into the Agassiz or whatever your your Phoenix Rising from the Ashes one. You got yeah. like it seems like yeah. all of your 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 films kind of have a story, o- overlining story and you can tell that there's like purpose with each one. What uh like what is the first step in your process when you when you find something that you want to make a, a film out of? How does that look
3: um yeah, like each each one has its own unique story. I think that's kind of the thing that draws me to commit to a certain project is like what's the story here and how can we make this uh, captivating and creative and pull people in and not just have the standard shred it. Cause especially with how things are these days, like it's uh, very diluted with content constantly mm-hmm. coming through and it's not what I like... It's not what I want to be doing, just like putting out threads and it just like be gone the next day and everyone forgets. Like I want to do something that I'm passionate about and also tell the story and hopefully captivate people to go out and do these experiences for themselves or get into mountain biking or whatever. And um, so there's always that element I'm kind of looking for, and it's just uh, it's always just kind of worked out that way that. You know, even with the Ashes Legacy one, that was just supposed to be a four-minute kind of shred it. And then I ended up breaking my neck on one of our final mm-hmm. shoot days. And then this whole story developed from that. And then we ended up making that full-length video, which was really cool. But um, – other than breaking yeah, my man. neck. But, um, yeah, so sometimes these things just unfold yeah. that way. That,
0: that crash yeah. was absolutely brutal. I mean, I could see that. Some. I mean, I didn't realize that you broke your neck. I, I just in the film. I don't – remember it showing that but you could tell you got messed up and it, yeah. it shows like parts of the clip and then later on it shows like the full clip of you you just getting thrashed by the mountain uh, I mean yeah. I could see for me that would be something that you break your neck and you're like uh, all right I might have to uh, hang this up but but then now I, I think that was last year that you put the uh, the burn you know where you're, you're going down the burn there. The, the one that we were just talking about there, that seems to me yeah. like that mountain was a little bit more extreme than your first crash. How did, how did like, what gets you back into it? Like, what kept you going th- after you broke your neck?
3: Um, just, you know, these things happen. It's uh, it's not a matter, and mm-hmm. I'm sure if everyone's heard, it's not a matter of if, it's when. And uh, I've you know, I've, I've gone through, I've been injured a lot. It's happened a lot and you just have to get back mm. on the horse. It's as simple as that. Um, a lot of people struggle with that and don't come back, you know, like amazing riders and they have like one big injury and they're mm. like, no, nope, I'm done. I don't want to do that again. And, you know, fair enough. Like it sucks. You know, do a major injury, you're down for multiple months and you know, your body never comes back the same. Um, it's tough, but it comes down to, I guess, like, you know, what your passion and drive is. And ultimately, it, it's even if this wasn't my career, I'd, I'd still be out there getting it just for myself satisfaction. Right. And, you know, things can happen, you know, like, it, you don't have to be doing the craziest stuff. Sometimes it's just something yep. super small. And that's, you know, rel- relative to anything, any sport mm-hmm. or anything. So, it happens. You just got to get back on the horse, and uh, sometimes it's easier than others. Sometimes it's it can be a real cha- a real big challenge. Um, this last one I just had um, dislocated my ankle, shattered my heel, um, just wrecked my ankle completely. It's it's uh, it was like six months until I was walking proper ish again, and it's a year long recovery. This was a bigger injury than my neck, pelvis, everything else, and. I struggled for sure like i like i was telling you earlier i have a seven month old now so this happened before my baby was born and i had to help deliver whatever in crutches and it was just a struggle and it sucked and i had this kind of thought like is this really worth it like i have a family now um you know i don't want to put my family through that but at the end of the day this is what i love this is what i do it's what i know and you know these things are going to happen it's not that preventable yeah. it just the way she goes but uh you just got to get back on the horse and uh yeah, keep going
1: gotta wear, gotta wear the pad man
3: <laughs> it's, yeah. it's kind of funny like I, I
1: think most mountain bikers especially once you get up to like a level like yours like you just like you know it's it is just passion that's like the thing yeah. that like it's hard to explain to somebody else you know like i i did a pretty similar thing to my ankle um in 2019 just like tore every ligament the doctors were like you should wish you broke it you should because you'd heal quicker yeah and i was out for so long and my yeah. it's never going to be the same like we go like yeah. if i go hiking like to go hunt and stuff like i'm like i'm struggling like I've, I've had to wear an ankle brace the last two three years you know
3: going out to go hunt yeah. <laughs> and yeah yeah well, it's it's affected my hunting season greatly the yeah. last two years because it's been two springs of ankle injuries and and now this recent one, I have a fused oh, okay. ankle now, just just the subtalar joint. So I have this, but I don't mm. have that. So I wear an extra stiff boot, which I always did anyways. But uh, it's affected my yeah hunting yeah, so seasons the last year. You have the forward
0: and back motion, but not the side to side. That's that yeah, uh, and that's probably better for for biking too, because I can imagine you don't really need the side to side as much.
3: You need it a little, bit. A little yeah, bit. not not much like I'm learning I'm learning where it uh, is not hindering but it's changed yeah. for sure little, not, little not drastically, but <laughs> but
2: yeah,
3: yeah yeah so I, how many uh, like just like my normal table is like oh it doesn't work like mm-hmm. that anymore so like my homework for this spring is to kind of relearn some of the simple mm. things which is a classic but uh it's just yeah it's all part of right. it for sure how many bones but,
0: do you think you've broken over the years
3: I haven't counted, but I've I've done just about everything other than like I don't even want to say what I haven't done. But I've done I've done a Dang. lot. Yeah,
0: oh. yeah. That's brutal.
3: Yeah, neck like neck, back, shoulders, arms, elbows, you did your, pelvis, you did your scapula legs. Whip like, off, didn't you? Yeah, scapula. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that one sucked too. I didn't, I didn't know I could even break that, but apparently you can, and uh, it's not are fun. You,
1: are you heading <laughs> up to Crankworks this year? Yeah, uh, Whistler. Nice. Yeah, I'll I'll be there, so we should yeah. we should link up. All
3: yeah, comes. let's do it. There you go.
0: Cool. Yeah. So yeah. so being a you know a free, it, it's you don't do any racing, right? It's it's just all big mountain like free ride stuff. Yeah. So.
3: Yeah, more content. Yeah,
0: content creation. So I can imagine that like having an injury like this is um, or any injury. Probably has less effect on, um, like, you know, you're, like, earning a living, right? Because with races, they're at certain times of the year. If you if you miss one because you can't recover, it's it's over with. But, like, whereas if you're kind of relying on content creation and free ride stuff and sponsorships and stuff like that, I can imagine it, it gives you a little bit more freedom. But uh, how, how do you... How do you approach like a schedule for, for making these these films? Are they like one a year? Is it two a year? Does it kind of just depend?
3: Yeah, it depends every year. Um, and and you'd think that it's like, oh, maybe not as stressful because I'm not racing or competing. But I only have so much season to do as much as I can. So especially the last two years with being... Missing half or three quarter of the year, I push everything into like the last two and a half months or three months of the season, which is also really stressful and puts even more strain on my body because I'm not giving my time to recover in between these projects. So like that decade one that uh, is down that burnt steep hill, um, we shot that last fall and then I was home for five days and then was on the North Thompson for two weeks for the North river shoot. So there was no time in between. It was just like, go, 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 go. And it, it's tough. Cause it's like later in the year too, it's colder. And, uh, it's, there's some added elements to that. And, um, but you just, yeah, you just kind of have to put your nose down and, and work hard and get mm-hmm. it done. And, you know, once the snow comes in i can kind of relax and reset a bit
0: chill yeah so we got we were kind of you were kind of we were hinting on it before we were recording a little bit just talking about the weather but uh i'm learning that mountain biking is very dependent upon the conditions and you know it seems like things have been a little bit more up and down in terms of like drought and and like drought and wet years they're they're a lot more extreme right and with mountain biking obviously you probably don't want to be doing stuff like that when it's super muddy but also uh, it sounds like there's a perfect condition for dirt right uh have you have you noticed an effect with uh with you know maybe some changing climate conditions up there
3: um a little bit yeah i like i'm i'm from like a it's basically a desert climate out here the interior of mm. BC and so it's quite dry um, throughout the year um, we have a lot of big fire years because of that too and um, honestly with like the last little while it seems like we've been getting more and more rain so it's almost helping in our favor like to a degree there's been some like really bad flooding in the last couple of years it's done a heck of a lot of damage I don't know if you've seen what happened to the Coquihalla and all the places down the lower mainland but that was really bad um, this past year and uh, so that was not not great but yeah it's, it seems like there has been a bit of a change. It's, it's really hard to say every year mm-hmm. is so different but um, I feel like personally I feel like we are getting a little bit more rain these days which is nice because it's quite dry mm-hmm. here so I'm down with a little bit more rain for sure. We have a sure.
1: pretty similar climate to here in here in Grand Junction. And it's been the same way the last, right. like, two or three years. Like, we, well, I guess the last two years, like, we've had crazy monsoons, like, crazy flooding, crazy winters, you know, compared to, like, because I used to live in the mountains and that's, like, two hours. Well, like, it's not really that far, but it's, like, two hours, you know, south yeah. of here and, like, you know, my whole life I grew up with just, your riding season was three months. Like, if you wanted to ride anything in the Alpine, like, three months. It was, you know, and I would work in the summer. um, all like the tourism jobs so like it was just like every chance I had I wanted to go ride um but I moved up here because I was like there's less snow it's less wet but here once it's wet I don't know if it's the same in Kamloops but the mud is like you cannot ride in the mud here
3: yeah is there a lot of clay in the ground there so it's like
1: the moment it's wet like there's a there's three hours that there's hero dirt that's it yeah
3: yeah exactly yeah it's it's like if you see it kind of give a shimmer You're like yeah it's yeah. too wet and i usually like to look at the like the roads and if the, the roads are starting to dry up then i'm like okay it's yeah. quite perfect but if it's like still quite wet then yeah trails are gonna be greasy. do
1: you, do you kick it with matt yeah. hunter much yeah uh
3: yeah because I, yeah. I know
1: he he runs one of our tps too or did I, i've yeah. seen him use it
0: so yeah so along those lines with with the teepee um it seems like you kind of have a little like like the the north river film was super cool because it was like backcountry bike riding right it was like you're you're bombing down the river in a canoe you, you pitch a tent on the on the river uh you know every night and then you go go to the next um you know hill or i don't know what what you mountain bikers call it zone, Dude, <laughs> next, zone. next zone next <laughs> zone
3: yeah, we, we actually camped out on an <coughs> island, and we were kind of at our base camp there for 10 oh, days. Oh, it was just okay. I, I, yeah, and I had a jet boat, and so that's how we were getting front and back, but then I didn't also trust everyone with my jet boat, so the canoe was like a necessity to get to and from certain lines, and I used the boat to drop off camera guy here or there, and then... I'd go back to the island, hop in my canoe, get the bike in there, mm. all my gear, go across, ride the line, and then come back with the canoe, pick up my jet boat, and then go pick everyone up, and then come back to camp. There was a lot of moving parts. It was, it was ambitious, yeah. but uh, yeah. yeah, the jet boat was was key for that's, that. For that's sure.
0: pretty badass. Do you have any like uh, other dream like backcountry bike trips where you're gonna? gonna get helicoptered into like the north slope of the brooks range alaska and just bomb down some of them mountains or what
3: i mean it, it's not off the list for sure uh, <laughs> i've talked to a few people out that way and uh alaska i don't know why or, but it's it's always been like the place i need to go i haven't been there yet but it's calling me and i just i just want to go there so bad and, and do something um it's certainly on the list I'm working on a trip right now where it's going to be a raft trip down the Chilcotin and into the Fraser, and we'll be camping along the way and riding lines and hopefully have a heli as well to pick us up and stuff, but working on that project right now with a couple buddies, and that one's going to be pretty exciting too. I don't have any whitewater experience, so it's going to be completely new to me, but we'll be guided through all that. so looking forward to that. Is that
0: where Kevin and Angie went that they said that was like the, the most hellish whitewater rafting that they'd ever been? Was that that river? No, I don't think so. Okay. Maybe there's
3: some 40 stuff on yeah. it for sure. Like it, it's, it's a heavy, it's some heavy sections, but, uh, these, these guys seem pretty confident that we can do it. And so it's like for the first time, like I have, I don't know anything about this world, like whitewater world. So I'm really just in your guys's hands when it comes to this. So yeah, that,
0: that's so cool man because i mean just like pushing the the envelope with uh especially like films right because i mean just looking at the uh the um ashes to agassiz film you know that was seven years ago and with uh technology now it uh the the cameras just evolved so rapidly right so you're going from that was probably like 1080p back in the day was like that was like prime quality and now if you're shooting 4k you're on the lower end of the spectrum and everybody's got gimbals now and drones super easily accessible but but that film right there it i don't know it's we were just watching it it's badass right and it's got good cinematography and so it kind of creates like this timeless thing but one of the big parts to that was that it it was you know there's a story it wasn't just like shredding where it's relying so heavily on cinematography tricks and tips so you could almost watch it as a standalone so i I just think that's really really badass that you're
3: continuing to kind of push the envelope on that cheers thank you yeah i think like with that one especially like i wanted something that wasn't uh pg-13 or not just for the kids you know obviously we had some other stuff going Mm -hmm. on in there but it's something that continually today people go back and watch it for inspo and, you know, and try to do something of their own in that regard. And I, I constantly get people hitting me up like, Oh, we watched this for inspo for this project. And it's really cool to hear that, that like, you know, seven years, however long it's been later that uh, people are still going back and watching it. And that's always the goal. Yeah,
0: so, yeah definitely. Re- so speaking of technology, um, with the uh decade film right going down the burn the burn shoot there were a shit ton of cameras lined up for that i mean how many cameras did you guys have set up for that and how many cameramen did it take for something like that
3: there was uh two main cinematographers one photographer and then we hired a uh, fpv drone Mm -hmm. guy that had a red attached to it wow and, um, and we just had him for a day just to get that FPV shot, but kind of cool story with, with that is, is we actually tried to do that same shoot, uh, five years ago and I had another ankle injury, uh, was skipping around and thought I could handle this, but my ankle just got significantly worse from being on such a steep slope all day, working that line and we had to pull out. And it was a big bummer. And at the time, we didn't even really know how we were going to film it. Because it's in a pretty tight ravine. There's not a lot of open channels to, like, shoot through and look through. Like, there's the obvious Barbie from across the way, across the valley. But, like, we dreamed about, like, oh, it'd be so sick if we could get the video game angle. Where, Mm -hmm. you know, the drone could follow you with the red. And that was before that was even a thing. So, coming back into it last year two years ago now um and doing it and having him in there with the drone and the FPV and like that was kind of like what we had dreamt about on our first trip in there and so it was it's crazy how far technology just came in within the four years of that time frame to to be able to do that so it was it was kind of icing on the cake not just to get the line but to have that shot Mm -hmm, as well
1: how how much vertical down was that
3: I, I didn't ever measure it, but I've been asked a couple times. Yeah, I'm like kind of trying to think like how many yards. And it's like, it was maybe like five or 600 yards. Wow. Uh,
0: all I yeah. could say is like, if you were to look at that thing on a topo map, it would just, it would not be individual lines. It would be just a <laughs> thick one line.
2: <laughs> That's
3: what it looked like. <laughs> I tried, yeah, I tried to get like, like the angleometer or, uh, app for your phone or whatever and i was trying to like figure out what the angle was but we got like 69 degrees in one spot i'm like that seems way too steep but it w- it was steep for sure like there's was, there wasn't like once i was in i couldn't yeah. stop like if i yeah. want to stop i had to lay it over or i just had to commit to the line that was what made it uh a little extra spicy was it was like kind of up in the air if like what was going to happen once i committed to going down and luckily it all worked out and it
1: was was cool i also liked how you guys left the tree in there the Mm -hmm. tree that was going over Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah it kind of stood out i don't know it's badass they they
3: were all like everyone i had there was like so worried about that tree as well like they're like like why like there's already enough date. Like, why do you want to go under the tree? Like, well, it's gonna look sick. It'll be a And totally, like you said, it's like something that people take away from it. They're like, oh yeah, you went under the tree. Do you, do you feel like you ever have a problem
1: with like y- cameras? Generally, never do it justice, right? Do you have yeah.
3: that one was hard to show yeah. the steepness for sure. No matter how you shot it, it was it was pretty hard to like show mm. everything. But they did a, they did a really yeah. good job. Like, it was a very hard one to shoot as well and but uh yeah we're, we're stoked for sure but that, like you said it's hard to show the scale as-
1: aside from the riding one of my favorite parts of that film is, is you guys just like hanging around like cooking and stuff slives you know slivs. i'm like ah oh, that's it just looks like a good time with the boys you know what i mean like it looks like, it, looks it, like was,
3: fun. it was such a good crew yeah and uh we basically just like lived off uh a grill and a dutch oven for every meal and I had the uh, the last bit of my moose and last bit of my meal deer from the season before, so we ate mm-hmm. really well, which was which was great.
0: So yeah. how how long were you guys working on that preparing it to to for you to ride it?
3: I think it was five days of clearing mm. it out wow. with uh with a good crew, like with between like okay. five of us. Yeah.
0: Man, that's, yeah. that's nuts that, uh, yeah. that's a lot of work. Yeah. So would you kind of explain that? Because for somebody that maybe hasn't seen that video, they don't really, you know, they're probably thinking, oh, you just pick a, pick a hill and then you just ride down it. What, what were you guys doing to prepare yeah. that for you to ride it down?
3: Yeah. for for those that haven't seen it, picture a giant rain rut on a steep slope where it's a fire has gone through. And it's just full of debris, rock, logs, log jams, and just bro- and just crap. And so, basically, just like bring it all down. And then we were collapsing the banks from each side that had decent soil. And then we would kind of bury the rain rut and some of the debris with that. And we just—it's just a long process of just bringing everything down. There's like giant logs and. It was hectic, and and because you're on such a steep face, and there's just it's all very loose. Like the wind would erode a rock, and all of a sudden you'd have a rock this big just tomahawking down the hill, and like that that could kill someone. It's like actually quite dangerous, and there's a lot of sporty moments that happened, um, a lot of close calls. But it's something that uh, even in the mountain bike world, like people don't really understand the dangers of being in that kind of like a shoot. Um, It's pretty obvious in the winter time, you're a skier and snowboarder, like the obvious dangers of of being in some of those uh, tighter lines and steep faces. And um, there's variables when it comes to the mountain bike side and when it's not in snow too, there's a lot of loose debris that's just waiting to come loose and Tommy down. And even when you ride it, you can see in the one shot I dislodge a pretty good rock and it passes me and then I end up passing it further down and it's just uh, there's a lot of variables when it comes to riding yeah. lines like that for sure.
1: Yeah, that's nuts. How, how would you compare it to digging at Rampage? Like I guess like digging that out versus digging at Rampage. Difficulty it,
3: it felt a lot like digging at Rampage. It was funny because it was the exact same time as everyone was digging yeah. at Rampage and I know what those days are like and it was a lot like that it was like sun up to sun down as hard as we could because we only had so much time to get it done and uh so it was big days big days on the feet everyone was quite worked just from getting it prepared i mean five days doesn't seem like that long but um which it isn't really in the grand scheme to get that done but uh you can just imagine how like how much work we had to get oh. through to get that all together in that what's, time what's How many
1: days do they give you a rampage?
3: Uh, I think you have a like week? a week. So maybe yeah. seven days. And then uh, riding can start at that five-day mark, I yeah. believe.
1: Well, I thought like, because most yeah. people like, are at least in some of the videos I've seen, like most people aren't really getting to ride their full <laughs> line before like the night or the day of like
3: that's a that's every year yeah the amount of years that i've had to like do my finals line cold turkey not hit a single thing or not hit majority of it or key features it's 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 definitely part of it it's where strategy comes into play for sure you need to know how much you can bite out of the mountain or how much time frame you have so a lot of people that their first time going there, they struggle with. That, so explain
0: sure. that. Just, sorry, just before we continue. So you guys are talking about Red Bull Rampage, right, over in Utah? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Mm-hmm. And so you only have a certain amount of time before you know, and you dig out your line. It's not just like you're going on one line. It's it's you you, you get to choose your own, and you have to basically create the path, and then you get to ride it five days later
3: okay yeah exactly yeah so normally i mean now we're kind of running out of zones, so they're starting to recycle spots but generally <coughs> fresh site, you have say 15 riders and they just said here you go and you have to pick your own way down and you can choose to team up with people or not and yeah you work with what you have and the time frame you have and you try to build a run to put a good show together and yeah it's 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 a one of a kind event. Oh, I, I can't
1: imagine. I've walked most of the sites out there. I was actually in Virgin this last weekend doing some riding. It's um, the first time doing Flying Monkey, which in I did. Oh, I did yeah. In the wet I was like, oh, this is there's some excitement to this. And then I, I walked Kong <laughs> and I was like, you guys are crazy, man. Kong is Kong's gnarly.
3: <laughs> yeah, Kong's pretty hairy. Yeah, like that's then that's the warm up. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, let's go warm up. And it's not, it's not like huge cliffs like no. what you'd get on your rampage run or whatever but even the the five or the eight foot to flat is like a similar feeling as what you'd get on the bigger drops and stuff with a good tranny so that's that's why we go there and kind of test mm-hmm. our suspension like if i'm not gonna bottom out on kong then my bike's gonna no. be good for when was the last venue. year you did
1: rampage was it 19 or 20 or uh, i think 19 was the last year how i was do you there, how do you yeah. feel about going out of rampage like you feel like good about it or you feel like you put your time in
3: it's it's funny like most of my brands have wanted me to be done with it for many years now
0: Hmm. Um, why is that yeah like injuries or something or
3: it's just so early and, and like there's just yeah like and and like we were saying before like injuries can happen when not even when you're doing the biggest thing it could be something small but um it, it just depends on the mindset of, of you being there. Like, you know, I, I'd say like every year there's a handful of people that are like there to really push themselves and the sport and to try to make a go at standing on that podium and, and not to take away from everyone else. But a lot of times people are just stoked that they made it mm. to the event and that they're there. And, and that's awesome. That's great but there's a handful of people that are like really risking it. And, you know, I used to be one of those people. Like I, I wanted to win so bad and I tried really hard. A lot of years came really close. Many times had some really big injuries and um, it kind of, again, it goes back to like, what are you doing it for? Are you doing it for yourself? Are you doing it for these brands? What's the true, like, like motivation and into, into being there and doing it. And it's a constant struggle that I have with myself every year. And, and I, I want to go back. Like, I feel like I have a lot of unfinished business there, but at the same time, it's just, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just really crazy. And, and I don't know, it's not uh, what's the word I'm looking for. Um, it's not sustainable yeah. for yeah. a career. You can like, you just can't continue to batter yourself and do that for so long not even just physically but mentally like mentally preparing to be to go as hard as you can and and to try and win like it's a it's crazy like i've I've, that's the only time where i end up going in this mindset that i don't like i'm not comfortable with being in it it's something that i have to put myself Mm. in to mentally prepare but it's not a comfortable Mm -hmm. place and a lot of riders will tell you the same thing and the come down from that is is like that was the first time like i don't know how many years ago doing this but like first time feeling depression and even if nothing even if i had a great result and i did great just the mental come down of of leaving the event is just like i don't even want to touch a bike for the rest of the year like i'm just like i'm done i'm so mentally and physically drained i'm just like and it's like, well, why do I want to keep going back? But then, you know, it comes back to passion and well, motivation. I, mean, I feel like it's
1: gotta be one of those masochism things too, like like you see with like bikepackers and stuff like that as well. Now obviously without the same mental, like the I could not I'm imagine <laughs> the mental strength you have to have to do rampage and the confidence in yourself as a rider. But like it has got you know, I did the Coca-Pelle trail this year, uh just bikepacking and I was like that was the worst thing I've ever done to myself. You know, I was riding a ninety-eight pound bike, and I I get back a month well, back and I'm like, I want to do that again. You know, I was like, I do not want to ride a bike. And then I, I get back. I'm like, that was pretty fun. You know, I feel like it's got to be a similar feeling, but probably to such an extreme. You know,
0: yeah. well, the same kind of thing with sure. like hunting and so many things that are. Yeah, I mean, it's miserable. just that typical like <laughs> like type one versus type two fun. That's why the type type two fun is is so much better because it it is that kind of thing where it's like memory, right? It's it, and it's probably yeah. a little bit different with uh, with something like rampage where you uh, really are kind of almost risking your life every time you go down there. Um, there's a there's a whole different element, and I can imagine it's it's like like you know three or four times the like if you take like a super strenuous like a bike packing or so, or, or backpack hunting or, or doing a through hike or something yeah. like that where it's like really hard you, you yeah. take that but then you also add the fear and the, the I'm sure there's got to be even if you don't uh, vocalize it or you don't bring it up to the surface you, you stuff that thing right way back down in there but it's still there right because there is that da- danger yeah. element So I I can just imagine that being – so, um, yeah, kind of like, you know, you you hear rock stars uh, talk about uh, when they go on tour, right, and they all talk about how much they hate it, but they get such a rush after – being on stage at the show it's like the next day they're ruined because they're just they they were on this adrenaline high for so long and then it's just all come down they can't go to sleep they have to that's why they end up going to bed at you know six in the morning it kind of sounds like the same thing to me
3: for sure yeah and some people are just better at carpet mentalizing that you know like and and i don't know someday some years it's easier some years it's harder but
1: yeah another question for you on the mental part because it seems like most years somebody gets genuinely hurt which is scary and hard to see like this year it was kyle who got really hurt yeah when you're at the event and when you're at the event and you're kind of you know you're up at the top number one you guys are hiking up to the top right okay which is yeah, terrible yeah. it's a far hike like if anybody doesn't know hiking, it up, like, hiking yeah. up it is terrible hiking yeah. up with a bike on your shoulders mm. insane oh i could imagine it's awful it's harder to walk down than it to ride genuinely it's so hard to walk up that stuff and um yeah but like how is it like if you are about to drop in like mentally you see one of your buddies get hurt because i think most of you guys are all friends to some extent all the all the pro free riders and all that stuff um for sure like how is that to see because i always thought that would be the hardest like because i i myself i can't ride with somebody who's like sketchy or like looks like they're about to hurt themselves like it genuinely kills my confidence a bit
3: how how is that Mm -hmm, for you at
1: the top of the hill it's interesting
3: for me i struggle with that there's there's been so for example the year that uh, Paul Bass had his injury up there, I was the next rider to go Mm. after that. And before Paul's run was Zink's run, and he did an insane three-drop, huge save, insane run, and it it fired me up because, um, I mean, yeah, you remember the year where I had the uh, 76-foot step down on the end of that uh, Mesa, and I really wanted three and and it was it was very aggressive <laughs> like uh matt it would be the biggest three i've ever done but and i was prepared to go like mentally i'm like okay i'm here like zinc just fired me up like this is my time i'm gonna i'm gonna do this and then and then paul's injury happened and then you know the helicopter comes and it's Ooh. just this big delay and and then I'm it's off you know like it's i can't i couldn't come yeah. back so i basically just did my practice run added a no-hander on that on that big drop but Still got third, but it like it, it wasn't what I wanted for sure. Like I I had bigger plans, bigger goals, but I couldn't bounce back yeah. from that. I couldn't I couldn't turn that switch back on. Um some people like Semenek, has no problem doing that, you know, like the year that I did my pelvis, he was right after me and I think he had a winning run right after that. He
1: has do. a he has a robotness to him, doesn't he? Like I mean yeah. I've never met Semenok, but like he just has that like robot like he's just he's just always on it. It's insane. Well, Graham, some people are uh, mentally
3: strong.
0: Yeah. Have you ever had a time where you couldn't drop down because you you had seen something like that, or or and just be like on. Yeah, yeah. Or just like whether it's at Rampage. I'm sure it wasn't at Rampage, but any like run that you were looking at that you were planning on, and then you get up to the top and you're like. Damn, I'm not, I, I can't do this. This is too extreme.
3: Yeah, like like in the contest format it, it's hard to yeah. pull away. Because you're you're there and there is that expectation kinda in a way and, and you're there like you're almost like looking for the excuse to not go sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like um but that's kinda why I much prefer filming and shooting because it's a complete different environment. I am in control. I say whether I'm going to go or not. And um, that's why, you know, working on different projects and filming is a lot less stressful. You know, like I kind of can control the environment a bit more, which which is nice. Well, it seems but, like
1: in the industry, like as far as like content creation, like that's a much more long living career than being a competitor can be. I mean, there's people who have written it out forever, but like, like as far as just like, general content yeah. creation that seems like because you really can walk away you can nobody has to see you walk down the hill if if, if you're terrified of something and you can just mm-hmm. yeah
3: I, I had a moment this past year we were shooting uh upper metallic lodge for a tuli thing and uh coming kind of like fresh off my recent ankle injury not pushing myself too too hard but had a really freak little crash and it was really gross. Like I looked at the shot and it was just, I, I, I walk, I was really lucky to like walk away from what I did. Um, by looking at the thing, looking at the shot and just being like, how did, how am I walking right now? Like, how am I? And I have this like young baby at home and I had, it was the first time I like kind of broke down. I'm like, Holy fuck. Like, what am I, what am I doing? You know, like, like something's telling me like, just, you don't need to be doing this right now. And, and that was the first time where I had to kind of take myself away from a situation and just like have a big breath yeah. and, and uh, contemplate things a bit. But I, like I said, I, I was pretty early coming back onto the bike again. So it was, there was a, a number of things going on. You know, I think, you know, when you have, I'm sure like other like new dads or parents could agree, like you kind of like get a little more emotional when you have this like creature with you or that you have. And so it's, it's something I'm learning right now. Like it's all very fresh and, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's just, I don't want to be a crippled when I'm old, you know, I want to be able to ski and snowboard and do all these things with my kids, you know, when they're at that fun age. And so, yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm, how do I have uh, a more, uh, sustainable longevity in my mm-hmm. career and so but, yeah it's something that i'm internally thinking about right. constantly yeah. right now
0: this, this might be a tough question for you and you don't have to answer it if if you don't want but if uh with your your kid um you know when it there comes a day where he's old enough to start getting into i'm sure you'll get in, get him into mountain biking but uh if he wants to yeah. go down the path of becoming like a competitive Uh, you know, maybe he wants to do Red Bull Rampage or something like that. Are you like, are you encouraging him? Are you saying, Hey, look, man, look at, look at all the injuries I've had. You, you probably don't want to go down this road.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, I haven't even thought about that too, too much. Like surprisingly, but it's, uh, like now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, I don't know, like my parents were always supportive of like me following mm-hmm. my dreams but um i never let them come to any mm-hmm. events i never let them come to any sh- you know because in previous years or whatever experiences you know my dad would try to like talk me out of a feature like you don't need to you know like and i'm like shooting for life cycles for example and there's a feature that i built and he's out there like watching he's stoked like watching his camera he's like you know you don't have to do this you know we could just go home I'm like dude like this isn't what I need to hear, you know, like I need positive
2: feedback.
3: And, and so I had to like, yeah, like you guys, I can't have you guys that I'm sure they would love to be at rampage and other events, but like, I just can't have that there. Like I never had a partner or spouse with me, like at any of those things, I just needed to be like in my own bubble in a sense. So I guess when it comes to my kid, if he wants to choose that path, um, you know, I'm I'm just gonna support it. Yeah, I'm just gonna support him the best I can, and and let him make those decisions for himself, and and hope that uh he makes the right ones, and and can kind of see and learn from my mistakes, or just from you know like how my body yeah. is, and who knows, maybe he just wants to play video games, but hopefully not. But like, yeah, I th- I think when it comes down to like doing doing stuff, like I'll I'll definitely be taking him out and getting him some experience on, on all the things. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I'm just going to let him do his thing and let him figure it out for himself. I think that was for me, like learn from my mistakes, learn the hard way. It's kind of been like the story of my life is learning things the hard way and, uh, getting back on the horse again. So i'm hoping that he kind of has that same mentality when it comes to him when he comes out yeah,
1: hell, hell of a mentor you know like yeah if, if, if your kid is like oh yeah,
3: yeah i love bikes because you know i actually have a few friends
1: that have kids yeah. and their kids hate bikes like they love bikes so much and they're like incredibly good riders but like their kids are like yeah no, bike, bikes aren't cool and they're all you
3: know like come on dude <laughs> it's funny because like mountain biking wasn't cool when i was a kid too like biking like if you didn't play hockey like you like like i would get bullied from hockey players because mm-hmm. i didn't play hockey i even like played lacrosse for a couple of years i still got bullied you know like it wasn't yeah. cool to right. ride bikes and then now it's like the fastest growing sport in action sports and i like years back when i was going to the bars and stuff you'd see these these guys at the bar and they try to buy you a drink and be all nice guy it's like you were the biggest dick to me. Like i had
1: a similar yeah. thing too like because i I played basketball for a really long time in high school and yep. then I was like, "Oh, yeah. I think I like yeah. bikes." And just like kind of started to ride, you know, ride bikes and and it was so much fun and then like everybody thought it was nerdy. And I was like, "How, how is mountain biking nerdy? <laughs> I had to put it
0: together." <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's funny, yeah. especially like both of you guys kind of grown up where you grew up. I mean, I grew up in Boulder where mountain biking is pretty pretty popular. We nothing like you guys would you do obviously, but we would definitely in high school we'd yeah. hit hit some of the trails, uh, d- you know, just doing some easy mountain biking. So that's interesting that you guys, both, you know, where you grew up Owen and and where you grew up Graham are probably much higher on the uh, destination list for mountain bikers than Boulder, Colorado. It's funny that that was that was the yeah. sentiment there.
3: Yeah, like my friends, back like I always was friends with the older kids and like you know all that like. I had great mentors as well like hunter for example and i was friends with him and his friends and they took me riding all the time like after school or pick me up from school even to go ride and like that was that was what made it cool for me i was like you know there is this like cool community here you know just because the kids at my school aren't into it maybe there's a handful but like just because it's not popular with the masses doesn't mean it's not mm. cool you know like i kind of like that it wasn't cool it made me be yeah. different you know i wasn't conforming to the rest of everyone like it was my own thing and uh that's how it felt for me and it was kind of nice to like also prove teachers family whatever wrong that like you know like I could do this you know like it's obviously a pipe dream for a lot of people to to, you know do this kind of thing but um it that was part of the motivation too is to be like show people that you know I can like it's it's not it's not like it's not gonna happen like if I put in the hard work um, I'm gonna do it. And uh, I think yeah. that's
1: one of the greatest things about action sports because most action sports are action sports are solo. I mean, obviously, there's a team, you know, and events and all these things. but like most of them are solo, and everybody has their own style and their own uniqueness that they bring to the sport. and I think I think it's I think it's pretty cool how you can you can genuinely be a different person. It's not like you're playing basketball and yeah your chance of being this different personality and different person. Yeah, as far as eliteness in basketball is pretty low compared to like with mountain biking, you know, people who ride, you know, there's so many different types of things to ride. You can do, you know, you can race from cross country to gravel, to all these things. Uh, you can be a free rider, but every free rider has their own style. I think it's very, very <laughs> cool. You know? It's awesome.
3: Yeah. It was such a great way for me to show my creativity mm-hmm. and, and channel, channel my, Everything into something, yeah. and take it out on the bike and myself. And awesome. yeah, it's been a great tool for for yeah, life. Yeah. You know, and it's
0: all on you too. I mean, that's that's one of the cool things about opposed to to basketball or, or football or something where it's a team sport. You know, you can try as hard as you want, but if everybody else around you is you know doesn't give a fuck or whatever, um, you know, your your destiny is kind of written. Whereas mountain biking, man, you can go out every single day and. It's kind of like the sky's the limit. Obviously, there's there there is the aspect of talent, and um, you know if you're, I can imagine if you're like six eight or something, or six ten, probably not going to be the greatest mountain biker. It seems like, uh, or like skiing or something like that. You know, see, see all the pro skiers, they're around that. You know, they're shorter than six feet. It seems like you know more built for it. There's a few tall guys in mountain biking, not a ton. But no, no, but and mountain biking is different than pro skiing. I'm saying yeah. like pro skiing, they're all short cuz they got to they got to do rotations, they right? Tuck. Yeah, they got to tuck. Right,
3: yeah. <laughs> for us for us short guys, we didn't have we didn't have these aspirations to be pro yeah. <laughs> exactly,
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Oh man, that's that's awesome. Um I don't want don't want to take up too much more of your time here. Um but uh I, I kind of just have one more question for you. Um and then see if Owen has anything else for you, but uh what do you have any big projects coming up here that that you can speak on or anything to get people stoked or
3: um that one that I mentioned earlier Alaska. um in the planning process of that the mm-hmm. rafting one and uh I'm heading down to California on Sunday, I'm there for 10 days and I have a meeting with uh, the YT folk and I'll be planning out uh, a couple projects during that time too and I definitely have a lot of things on my bucket list that I want to be checking off and that's kind of my theme moving forward right now is I just want to check all these dream lines and ideas off the old list before uh, I can't do it anymore. So that's my motivation right now. Like the bucket list was a prime example in the North Thompson shoot on the North river there and, and just start, you know, not waiting for things to happen, but now being like more proactive and producing and, and making it happen for myself. And I'm learning lots doing that as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's like a lot of cool things coming down the pipe. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hopefully people like what I've been putting out lately because that's what I'm going to be working on and doing more cool trips and storytelling, things like that. And, um, yeah, hopefully get to Alaska at some point. Definitely not off the list. Japan is, is always a place mm-hmm. I want to go check out too. And, um, yeah, there's just so many cool destinations. I'd love to go back to Iceland. Um, but honestly, like, living here in BC, like like, there's just – a lifetime worth of stuff right at our fingertips here. And um, also kind of theme of my last two years is just really exploring the backyard a bit more. And like I mentioned earlier, as well as I have a jet boat now and, and that's really opened up the doors for where I can go and lines that I can access. Cause a lot of these things are really, <clears throat> they're all along mm-hmm. the yeah. rivers. And so it's, it's kind of the prime way to go scout these things and, and to go find them so
0: well that's awesome yeah. man do you have any other questions on anything else you wanted to touch on
3: not a whole lot um,
1: you know like it's pretty pretty rad watching what you're doing and and i definitely definitely like it you know love the films they're sweet um yeah
0: love that you're using teepees in them right
3: <laughs> that's pretty
1: cool
2: too
0: i guess
3: yeah Man, every time I post a photo or anything of that teepee, like, I get so many people, what, what is that? What's si-? that? Oh, okay, and then they like, okay, it's this. Oh, what size is it? Oh, okay, yeah, sick. Right. <laughs> people are, people are stoked on the product. Yeah, through, I, I picked up one of the packs a couple years ago for hunting, and I love that. Now, I had a guy reach it, out literally today.
1: Uh, he uses, so he races, like, enduro moto stuff. And he reached yeah. out and he was like, "Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I set up your teepee as like my pit, you know, like the pit, like uh, like you know, most people put like a, what do you call them? I don't know, like one of those ten by ten uh, <laughs> stand up things." And he's like, "Yeah, I use my yeah. teepee for it." And he's like, "You know, like, can I? You guys want?" Like, can I throw like some graphics on my moto? You know, that I have like seagulls on it. I was like, that's so cool, dude. Yeah, that's all. Awesome. For, for yeah. me, who's like Sweet. such a fan of action sports, like it's really cool. Like, see people like using it in their own unique way versus mm-hmm. like I grew up my whole life hunting and all that stuff. So it's like, oh, that obviously makes yeah. sense, hunting and backpacking. But it's cool to see it in the in the other
3: aspects of the world that I, I'm so into these days. You know, for sure. Like, I mean, like we're all. Probably similar in this is we like to nerd out mm-hmm. on gear yeah. and that's you know you do enough backcountry trips and and you you know what works and what doesn't and and that's you know like like i had mentioned when i seen you that first time in Worcester i'm like oh seek outside like fuck i really want one of those yeah. you know like it's thick gear and like it does the draw it's lightweight packable like people trip when they see me pulling out the tie stove yeah. every time They're like what yeah. yes awesome. and yeah i yeah. know it, it's cool like i I'm a big nerd when it comes to that stuff, and so it's yeah, it's sick to be uh, yeah working with you guys and appreciate the the product and yeah, yeah still course, using dude. it. Yeah,
0: no problem, man. Well, I I certainly look forward to stuff that you're putting out in the in the future, and uh, yeah, just just keep doing what you're doing. It's awesome.
3: Well, Cheers! Yeah, thanks, boys. Thanks for
0: jumping on. Yeah, good talking
3: to you, dude. Right on. Will you guys enjoy the rest of your day. Yes, sir. Friday. Yes, sir. Cheers. Cheers.